Welcome to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. I'm Sarah. And I'm Gabby. And we are two first-year physical therapy students sharing our grad school experiences to help PT students around the world. Embark on this journey with us as we navigate through the insanity of physical therapy school together. Welcome to the show, Brian. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you guys for having me. It's an honor to be on here with you guys. I'm super excited. Ah, we're so excited to have you. I mean, you have your own podcast and you're also a PT student. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Brian. Uh, yeah, so I'm Brian Brosey. I'm in my second year of PT school now at the University of St. Augustine in St. Augustine, Florida. I'm a personal trainer and I also co-host, like you mentioned, a weekly wellness podcast, weekly health podcast that comes out on Wednesdays. That's basically who I am and how I got here. And how long have you been doing your podcast that you've been co-hosting? Uh, the podcast we've been doing now for a little over a year. It's like a year and a month. I started it right right when I got into PT school, which was probably not the best decision, but it's, I'm sure you guys, you guys understand. We completely um, understand. Yeah, but it's it's really cool to grow. And I mean, you guys will see that too, I'm sure, because this is this will be what, like episode nine or something for you guys, I, I think. I think, so we're, we're kind of waiting to release got a it few. later, so I think you're 11. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So this is the, this is the fun part where you start to like see your numbers. Like you're like, Oh man, no one's listening to this. And then like 15 or 20, something all of a sudden happens and people are listening. It's, it's really cool. But yeah, I've been oh, doing yeah. my podcast for, for a year now and it's called the well man's podcast. If anybody wants to check it out and it releases a new episode every Wednesday and it's just very various health topics and stuff like that. So I loved it. I listened to a few of them. I haven't okay. heard all of them yet. I'm, I'm working on it. You're a little <laughs> bit ahead of us. so. Well, that's great. No, I'm glad. It, which, uh, is there one that you listen to that sticks out to you? I liked the headache one. I okay. sound so lame, but <laughs> I get migraines. So it was really nice to hear. It was really educational and I liked it. That's um, awesome. What was your favorite episode to record? Oh man. Or one of them. One of them. I don't know. It's it was really cool um just to do like the year in review episode. We did uh -huh. one episode fifty three and we just kinda went through each episode and it was more of a conversation with my co-host and I, which which I enjoy. And then there's a few that I, I've led, like the kettlebell training, because usually I kinda leave him. He's a little bit smarter than I am, a little bit further along in his career. So I kind of let my co-host take the lead on a variety of topics. But there's a few like the kettlebell podcast, that's one of my favorites that I did. So yeah, the kettlebell ones, I got to say, because I love kettlebells. That's awesome. I will definitely subscribe and listen to them. So <laughs> that will be on my list. It's, it's your homework it. now. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry to add your homework, but no, that's <laughs> cool that you even listen to, to begin with, Sarah. Yeah. And same to you. I mean, <laughs> listening to our first two right before this, no pressure on us, right? No, I, I, I told you guys before, but I think you really fill in a, a niche. It gives grad school, you know, people who are in grad school at home. And I feel like it's something that is needed or just to talk about the struggles. I saw you guys yesterday on Instagram talk about, uh, I think you were talking with Yusura. Um, I know she, she, she's an SSPT. She was in my season, but what? I know she does like great stuff. And just to hear you guys talk about mental health and things, I'm looking forward to that episode because it's, it's super important and just things that we don't really get to talk about too often. You're kind of in this, this hole of grad school and to hear it come out into the open is nice. Oh yeah. We were definitely vulnerable and we really went deep just because the topic is kind of masked and it's, it's not talked about a lot, especially as grad students, but 
Overall, how did you get interested in physical therapy and kind of just a little bit about your journey to PT school? Yeah. Um, so it kind of speaking of mental health, it started with just working out at the gym for my own mental health as a, as a teenager. I feel like as a teenager, you just get access to a car and I would just drive to the gym and that would be where I could kind of get away from everything. So it kind of became an escape and that was how fitness made its way into my life and sort of became a routine. And then after that kind of fell in nutrition and being super excited about, you know, what I would put in my body and then how, what outcome that would have as far as my productivity or, you know, how I performed or how I felt. And so that really started just kind of kicking me into being a health conscious person. Um, so as a teenager, I kind of got into that. I thought I would be a doctor or a, a medical doctor or a naturopathic doctor, which is what my co-host is on the podcast that I do. So I started my undergrad education at Auburn University in Alabama, basically expecting to go down the pre-med route, which is where I started. So I went down the pre-med route for about a year or two, uh, similar to you guys. And I heard this on your first episode. I think it was the first episode where you're talking about your science GPA is not quite being, you know, great. And that's, that's exactly what happened to me. You know, you work really hard and you survive, you know, all those tough classes like organic chemistry and things like that. But I survived with like a C. That's not good enough to get into med school or anything like that. So I had to kind of think about what I was doing and it didn't become as obvious as like, you know, with med school, you're going to make a huge investment, but you also know that it's going to be paid off. So it's very easy to, uh, like see the light at the end of the tunnel with med school. Whereas any other option after you go to school for like what we did with exercise science, I assume so. I got exercise science. I think I know you're exercise science, Gabby. Are you exercise science, Sarah? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then with that, you kind of have to go to more schooling. It's like not necessarily an option. There's not much else you can do. So I knew that was a choice I had to make. So when I couldn't become a doctor, I had to start thinking about other options was I still going to go to more schooling or anything like that? And it just kind of seemed like a natural progression of what I was doing because about halfway through, I changed from the pre-med track and went to exercise science. Uh, once I went to exercise science, I became a personal trainer and I ended up having a, kind of like a knack for kind of developing a rapport with my clients and developing that buy-in and having a really good outcome as far as it went with just one-on-one -on -one people when I could work with them. So it seemed like a natural progression to consider physical therapy. And I went throughout the education, you know, my undergrad education. I'll never forget. I tell this story all the time, sitting in a summer, some summer class, and they were like telling us about different options we had being a physical therapist, da 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 da. And the guy said, Yeah, they just switched physical therapy from being a master's program to a doctoral program. So now it takes three years. And I'll never forget just sitting there scoffing, like, oh man, I'll never do that then, obviously. Like there's no way I'm gonna do that for extra. And here I am in physical therapy school. So I just think that's super funny. So I basically found my way towards PT because I picked that major after I changed to exercise science. I was a personal trainer and I was having a lot of success with that. And it just seemed like a natural progression. And then enter it, once I started considering it, enter in Greg Todd, which is quite funny. I found Greg Todd. Um, and at that point, it was just some black dude who was having a lot of fun on Periscope. And I was like, man, I like this guy. Like he is jamming to this music. And then I started following him on Snapchat. And then it really got to, it really opened my eyes to like, this is someone who's doing what I want to be doing. And he's doing it with a family. He's doing it how I would hope to do it myself. And he's kind of like a model citizen in that to me. And that was like the first one where it was like, man, 
here's someone doing something that I could do and they're doing it exactly how I want to do it. And this is kind of showing me the way. So from there, I applied to a naturopathic school in Seattle and I applied to one PT school, the one I currently attend. I interviewed at both of them, got into both of them, sat there with a decision to make about my career and went with PT school. And now I'm here. Wow. Yeah, I know that was quite the story, but that's, <laughs> that's pretty much it start to finish. It, I kind of fell into PT school and just, it just seemed like I kept getting more and more pushed towards it. And like I said, it seemed like a natural progression. Yeah. So how many years did you have off, if any, like between undergrad and grad school? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I have a kind of a different story where I didn't have any time off, so to say, but I did take five years through undergrad. So I went through um, like two years of undergrad and then I trying to be as transparent as, as I can, especially with you guys having a mental health episode mm-hmm. coming out before me. I took a semester off for my own mental health and mm-hmm. I was so fortunate that I was able to do that. So I got to do that, kind of get my mind right. And then going from North Carolina, which is where I was raised, um, actually in Winston-Salem. I know you're probably familiar with that, Gabby. Um, but I, I was raised in Winston-Salem. <laughs> yeah. So I was raised in Winston-Salem and then I ended up going to Auburn, which is an out-of-state school. So people can already see how expensive that is. And I just realized that you know, I couldn't be doing out-of-state tuition anymore. So I took a year off to get full, full or in-state tuition. So in order to do that, you had to take a full year off where you could only take a maximum of six credits a semester and you had to work 40 hours a week to pay like Alabama taxes. So in right in the middle of my education for undergrad, I took a full year off, flipped patties for 10 months and then was a gas station clerk for another three months and started back at school um, with my in-state tuition. And that was one of the best things that ever happened to me. And then I finished school in like May of whatever year it was, I guess 2017. And then I started fall of 2017 for, uh, for PT school. So I really had no break between PT school and undergrad, but I had a break in the middle of uh, undergrad as far as working. Mm-hmm. So that was super helpful as far as the break of, you know, getting to experience the world, getting a break from education, because you certainly need that. Uh, but not not like a long period of time, so to say, or a break between my graduate and undergraduate education wasn't really there. You had a break, right, Sarah? I know you had a kind of a whirlwind of getting to PT school. I was listening to your story. Both of us had a year off. I had a little more than that, but yeah. (laughs) Yes, I had a year off as well. And I graduated in May of 2017 as well, and then started school May 2018. So pretty much a full year. That's awesome. Yeah. Wait, so when did I see you at SSPT Live, Gabby? That I, was this year. That was this year. In Were you a student? May. Oh, yeah. I was in my very first week of PT school. And at that point, I, I was so nervous meeting everybody because, you know, I was really involved with pre-PT grind and I had okay. already met Joseph in person. And at that point, I didn't meet Greg in person, but I was... I was fangirling a little bit, to be honest, oh, yeah. <laughs> that first time, just because all these people that I was keeping up with on social media, mm-hmm. I looked up to them. And at that point, I didn't start SSPT yet, the course. And, um, and so when I was there, I was, I was like, oh, t- taking it all in. But it taught me so much. And especially when I came back um, after one full week of PT school, my mindset just completely changed. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think something you said there is just great for anyone that's listening. It's just that you watch these people and I had the exact same where I saw Greg Todd and you, you look up to these people, but then very quickly you're, you're on a even playing field with them. And I think that just goes to show why you should be doing things like this in grad school or why you should really put yourself out there. Just jump. Um, because soon all those people that you're looking up at, you'll just look to your left and right and there they'll be with you. I had a similar situation when I went to SSPT live, I was not a student. The first time I went, I've been to the two times it's been, First year I went, I wasn't even a student, hadn't started PT school, knew no one there, knew nothing about SSPT. I just saw this live event and one day it was like on sale for something like $200, $300. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go, I guess. And, and here I am now after that, I went, I did his course, all that kind of stuff. Wow, you guys, I can't believe. So Gabby, you have met all these people. Gabby and I haven't even met yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Brian and I probably met at one point, mm -hmm. yes, we did. Um, oh yeah, I do remember. Actually, yes, we did meet. We did. Now it's, we did. Now it's all coming back. I know it, it, it's hard to remember. the The weekend just flies by, and trying it to does. remember everything that happens at those events. Oh, yeah. it's impossible. But yeah, <laughs> that's so cool. That I mean, all of us are part of SSPT, but you don't have to be part of SSPT to be doing all these extra things outside of the classroom. And like, what else are you doing outside of the classroom, Brian? I know you've got a lot going on. Yeah. So I'm, I do the podcast, the Well Man's podcast. It's coming out weekly. I personal train still and, you know, kind of work on my branding as far as online goes with Facebook, Instagram, and that sort of thing. And then try and maintain, you know, a good relationship with my girlfriend who I live with. So all those go and my own health and sanity, all that goes into basically what I do outside, outside of school. Yeah. And that's a lot. People think, oh, managing social media is easy. <laughs> and like you just personal train, do you do it online as well? Or is it all in person? I've done a few online, but currently all my clients are, are in person. But I think, you know, kind of how I alluded to at the beginning of, of me talking, it's just, a, it's a natural progression. It's something that we, you know, I was talking to a few friends about this actually this week at school. It, I don't think, and this is just how I personally feel, but you don't need to be certified in anything to be a personal trainer in reality you could just be a personal trainer and so any of us any of us who are student physical therapists definitely have the information and the knowledge to help someone in that capacity so i think it's a great offshoot of a business that you can do while in pt school and i think knowing that it's important to kind of know your worth with that as well um, which is something i want to say just as far as grad school goes is it's important for you to not take on extra responsibilities that add stress. It's only important for you to take on extra responsibilities that negate certain stresses. So like what I mean, what I mean by that is like, it would definitely, it's definitely stressful or not easy for me to wake up to train my fifth, five fifteen AM client on Tuesdays and Thursdays. It's not necessarily fun, <laughs> but it does take away um, stress of mind to have that financial, uh, financial stressor alleviated. And with that, you need to know your worth and ask for your worth and just set a hard mental number of what your worth is and let that dictate whether or not you do something. Because that's the only way you're going to kind of decrease that stress. If, if you say, okay, I'll personal train people for $25 an hour, but that $25 doesn't really make a dent in your life, whether that be in paying for gas or whatever it is, then you're just adding stressors. You're not decreasing stressors. You're just making your life more stressful as opposed to, okay, I'll personal train this person at $50 an hour, 
And that allows me to do all these extra things or that frees up, you know, that allows me to pay the internet bill or whatever the case may be. So definitely add these stressors or do things responsibly in school and do things outside of school that can help you, but only to a certain extent and make sure that they are helping you and not distracting from your life. I hope that wasn't a tangent. (laughs) No, it wasn't because honestly, I, I want to go on that tangent on a lot of, like a lot of classmates and other people, you know, outside of class, just people who think that the way to make money in grad school or, you know, in general work retail. Yeah. 15 hours a week, 20 hours a week, make maybe $10 an hour. Yeah. And And there's, yeah, there's something to that. I mean, if you can go to a job that, you know, for unfortunately that you don't necessarily have to care about too much, like a retail job where you just clock in, you clock out. There's some, something to say to that too. But if you're just getting paid a, a dollar amount that doesn't necessarily make a difference at the end of the day, then it really is just stressing you out for 15 hours or it is 15 hours that you can't be studying. And that's why I do think like something like personal training is such a great offshoot to what we're doing because it makes things a little bit more salient that, that we're learning. Like for instance, I just picked up brand new, just met with him once or twice now, um, a client who has had multiple TBIs. He has a caregiver, he's an old Marine Corps vet, and he's in the advanced stages of dementia. And I'm his personal trainer now. So I've never ever worked with anyone like this. But now I start to see all these things that we're learning in our neuromuscular classes come to light. And that, you know, when I'm sitting there trying to learn them, I'm like, oh, this is just a list of things. I'll never, I'll never know this. This will never stick or I'll never see anyone like this or whatever. And then you do see someone like this in any sort of capacity and it makes it stick. And now I have to figure out, well, how am I going to give commands to this person? You know, he can't, if I'm sitting there mirroring him, he forgets what he's even doing. So you've got to, it, it just really helped you develop twice. You develop financially and then you're also still developing your PT skills or skills related to what you want to be doing, which I think is important and what differentiates like a retail job versus something like growing your business or learn. I know some people did um, healthy funnel. I'm not sure if you guys know that those people, but healthy funnel, I know some people do like an internship for them. That's one of those where it's like, okay, so you're going to learn something that's invaluable to you and what you're going to try to be doing in five, 10, 15 years. That's what you want. Even if it's not going to pay you, that's worth more than getting paid $10 to work a gap. I agree with that. And like you said, having those invaluable skills, especially in the physical therapy profession, I mean, marketing is, is really becoming known internships with, you know, Healthy Funnel or interning with other um, people who do podcasts. I know some people do that. Yeah. Yeah. Something that's going to make you develop a skill. Yeah. Develop a skill Mm -hmm. that you're going to use that isn't folding the best sweatshirt. Exactly. It is something that you you really are going to use and that that's going to help you in this instance right now more than anything else. Exactly. So what piqued your interest in doing personal training or whatever else you're doing outside of the classroom? You know, I think a lot of it got started when I was a lot younger and I just had people tell me that I wasn't going to be happy unless I was kind of leading the charge of my life or kind of dictating when, where, how I worked. And I latched onto that pretty early and it rang true for me. As a personal trainer, the ability to do what I think is best for someone, have them buy into me and pay me for my opinion on how I can help them reach a goal is just, to me, it's the most 
kosher transaction possible where I'm not asking, I don't feel sleazy, like asking for money in any sort of way. I'm helping someone to the best of my ability with a hundred percent of my effort. And it, it just seemed natural to me as something that I could do. Um, and then I started doing it and, you know, you get performance reviews and things like that. And I started to get proof that I was pretty good at it. And then that, that really helped. Um, but definitely just knowing kind of like you were alluding to Gabby, that marketing is, is huge and it doesn't have to be sleazy. It's just education. And if we don't educate people, they'll never know what we do. And that goes for anything that goes from whether or not you work at gap or your personal trainer, physical therapist, whatever your ability to educate people on how you can help them is the biggest thing that's going to set you apart and get them to buy into you the most. So knowing that, and knowing that I want to do this on my own, I want to open up my own clinic eventually, or I at least want to be head honcho in my own life, which takes some responsibility. That kind of kickstarted knowing that I had to do all these things. I have to work on myself. I have to do personal development. I have to do professional development. I better work on my branding because when I get out in five, 10 years, whether I was going to be a naturopathic doctor or a physical therapist or a medical doctor, if I wanted to open up my own clinic, I was going to have to get people in the door somehow. And that starts with right now, what we're doing today. Absolutely. And people, a lot of people don't think that's true, or maybe they don't believe it's going to affect you as much as it might, you know, it helps yeah. you immensely. Yeah. Well, yeah. And absolutely. And I mean, you have no idea where some of the stuff is going to take you. I had no idea that me posting on Instagram starting two or three years ago was going to in turn have us on November 12th be on a podcast with two girls I've never met before and talking about grad school and all that kind of stuff. And those are the types of things you want to open up the possibilities to. You don't need a lot of money to be doing this. You don't, you know, I've never been, I'm from the Southeast. I was from North Carolina. I've never been out of the country. That's something I really want to do, but you don't need all that kind of stuff to achieve what you want. And you can go and try and attack all that from your home with the tools that we have today. And we, you know, I better well use them is what I thought. And I think that kickstarted me into doing it. Oh yeah, definitely. You have to find what sets you apart from everybody. And I think, I think that's what I've been learning and, you know, doing a podcast and, you know, doing some courses that a lot of our classmates probably don't know about, but, you know, doing something that I know is going to set me apart later. I really just gravitated toward that. Yeah, absolutely. And part of that is, is doing what makes, you know, run towards what makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, I've now that I've gotten into PT school and we've had to give a few presentations or talks or things like that. I recognize that I've developed a little bit of an ability to speak, which I'm super glad about, but it comes from working on the podcast. Uh, I tried stand up comedy a few times just to really jump into as much anxiety as possible and things like that. And things you just don't know that you're doing are going to pay dividends in the future. So just having that forward thinking mind, of I'm running towards what's uncomfortable because it's going to make me comfortable and it's uncomfortable situations that are going to arise in the future that I need to be comfortable in. A lot of comforts in there, but. We know what you mean. That's so <laughs> true. Like I already said this, I'm probably going to say this in every podcast, but I literally almost did not hit the send button to like 15 student PTs on Instagram to see who would want to be my partner on this. I heard this. Uh-huh. Like we would not be here. <laughs> No, without that one, that one decision. And it's just having enough gall or boldness or whatever to just 
do it. And it just starts with doing that and having no fear about the outcome of it. Cause really who cares? I mean, if, 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 if you send it to 15 people and 14 of them turned you down, well, thank God Gabby said yes. And yeah. the podcast actually exists. So that's all that matters. Exactly. And I mean, it is a lot of work and people always say like, Oh, why did you do it in your first year of PT school? Yeah. That's dumb. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> so what yeah. time management tips do you have? Cause you did the same thing. You started one your first year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and time management's a huge part of that. If uh, I could recommend a, kind of one book to anyone, there's a book called Deep Work by Cal Newport. And I definitely check that book out. It's a little lengthy, but the second half is super useful. And basically what he talks about there is creating episodes of deep work in your life. And what he means by deep work are basically periods of time with no, no distractions or minimal distractions where you're fully focused on, on your work. And so you need to create those moments of deep work to be highly productive when you are actually able to be productive. Um, so that starts with actually having a schedule and then in that schedule, blocking out the, when you have the opportunity to do deep work. So if you see a three, four hour window, you want to block that up with your time to do deep work. So again, having a schedule is going to make all this visible and allow you to stay disciplined. Um, and then speaking of discipline, a huge thing I love is, I don't know if you guys heard of Jocko Wilnick. He's a ex Navy SEAL. He has a saying called discipline equals freedom. And I think that's huge. So you have to be disciplined to get the freedom that you want, whether that be, you know, the freedom to go travel or the freedom to go out on a Saturday night or the freedom to just be successful. All that starts with discipline in the moment. So just being disciplined 24 seven will lead to more freedom. You know, if I'm disciplined enough to wake up at five o'clock, and train someone and then get started studying at 6.30, then I can possibly be done by 6.30 p.m. and have the freedom to hang out with my girlfriend and relax, that sort of thing. So definitely, you know, your priorities are dictating everything. That discipline's gonna equal freedom. Uh, I definitely would, I'm a proponent of waking up early. I know that's hard for some people, but I'm, I'm all about it. So get that deep work, have a calendar, delete all the social media apps that distract you from your real phone. So like I post, you know, stuff on Instagram or Facebook and all that kind of stuff. But all of that is on a old, old iPhone that stays at home. So it's like cracked and beat up and all that kind of stuff. And it just stays off. I, I, I mean, sometimes I don't even see, which I'm super happy to say, sometimes I don't even see how many like likes I'll get on something or anything like that because I just post it and then I turn that phone off and I never look at it again until I'm ready to post something else. So that helps with the you know, the constant wanting to check or whatever the case may be and getting distracted because, you know, and I'm sure it's similar to you guys at this point, you don't have a lot of free time. So you want to be a producer of this content, not a consumer. And so I think setting, setting that is super important. So having those apps that distract you that you use, but put them on another phone or another device just so they're not right there in your reach all the time. And then I've been enjoying higher levels of productivity by having more time off. So I'll talk, I'm sure we can talk about this, but my first term, I really stressed out, wouldn't stop studying. It didn't matter what I was doing. Even if I'm a super big Steelers fan, even when the Steelers are playing on Sunday, it's like, well, let me at least make flashcards or do something. And then I, I was just miserable and just so burnt out by like week six or something like that. I was just fried. Now, my later terms are where I'm at now. I'll take all of Friday off. And like we went to the, I went to the museum with my girlfriend. We went to get dinner. And then Saturday, I was so much more productive 
as opposed to just dragging it out and trying to force and beat this information into my head. Whereas previously in first term, like I said, I would have sat there and made flashcards or I would have tried to listen to a voiceover PowerPoint and get nothing from it and just force myself to do it. Or I'd be listening to that PowerPoint and on Facebook and you're just, you're just making yourself miserable. You're not even getting anything in there. So take that time off. And then what I alluded to earlier is just only take extra responsibilities that are going to alleviate stress. Don't take extra responsibilities that bring on extra stress. So, so that's huge. And if I had to give you guys three apps that would help for productivity, there's moment, which used to be like screen time, which is now like an update on the iPhone where it tells you what, how much time you're spending on this app or how much time you're in front of your phone and that sort of thing. Uh, so moment was how I did that. Now it's screen time. Uh, but that'll at least tell you like, man, I'm spending an hour on Snapchat. Like what is wrong with me? <laughs> like I have got to get this off my phone and especially in like finals or something like that. So that's super helpful just to see where it's all going on the computer. I use an app called stay focused. And after a while you can like set a time limit and it'll start blocking certain websites. So all those social media things, my podcast to check the downloads, all that gets blocked after 10 minutes. So, you know, you type in, it became a habit. I noticed in undergrad where you would get stuck on like an organic chemistry problem. And next thing I know, I'm opening up a new tab, going to Facebook before I even have a chance to think about the think about the problem. And I, I mean, that's just kills productivity. So getting that stay focused app will basically stop that from happening. And then I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, we did a podcast on this episode 31 of the well man's podcast is all about productivity and has a bunch of productivity tips, including some, that I did mention here on there as well. So that's episode 31, if anyone were to want to check that out. No, that was great. I mean, that's so much, I actually really need to start trying one of those, like stay focused or mm -hmm. something screen time to track where my time is going. Cause I did it at one point, but it's been a while. And honestly, I have no idea where my time is going anymore. Yeah. And it helps break the habit. Like that's what I'm saying with the stay focused. I really realized like, man, I would just get to a problem in organic chemistry. And next thing I know I'm on Facebook and it's like, what the hell, man, you're not even stuck. You're not learning anything this way. Like anytime you get stuck or you have a mental block, you're just opening up Facebook. Like this is not going to be productive. And at least now when I do do that, I still go through the new tab control T F or whatever. It's just like, Nope, shouldn't you be studying is what it pops up. So it's like, yeah, I should. You're right. <laughs> off and you're back to studying and it blocks all that. So it's basically about creating as many barriers to distractions as possible, I guess would be my biggest productivity tip. Create as many barriers to distractions as possible. Today, I left my phone at the house when I went to study. So just things like that. Yeah, that's great. And I think we can all use that, especially studying the amount of material that we all have. Yeah. I know I found, speaking of, I know I found myself yesterday I was super productive on Saturday and then yesterday I found myself, you know, I had an exam today. I was like studying, but then going on Facebook and checking our downloads and uh -huh. it was just a constant thing throughout the whole day. And a lot of people can benefit from that. Just, you know, have, have something where if you do go to it, like you said, it will just slock you and say, shouldn't you be studying? That's, that's actually pretty clever. Yeah. I mean, barriers to distractions is what it's all about. And just, and I wrote about that in my NGPT article, just it's about the quality of it over the quantity of it. And that's kind of what I was mentioning about, you know, Friday, I went and hung out with my girlfriend and Saturday, my studying was so much more productive. Whereas previously, I would have just sat there 
doing what you just mentioned you were doing the other day where it's like I'm going back and forth between fantasy football and not really studying, but I'm, I'm miserable because I'm still sitting inside. It's cold. And all I'm doing is sitting at my computer like I do what seems like my whole life. <laughs> so actually getting out and doing something different, breaking that monotony just helps you be more productive in the long run. Definitely agree. I think that people should all try to see where their time goes. Yeah. They have no clue. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's like that with everything, money, your time, yeah. just to actually see where it's all going, your stress, all that kind of stuff, your, your emotional, dry, everything that you're putting into everything to see where that's actually going can tell you a lot about yourself, especially if it's an objective measure, like one of these apps that'll tell you, hey man, spend 10 minutes. Shouldn't you be studying? <laughs> yeah, that would be great, especially during finals because finals is coming up. Actually, when we release this, it'll be like finals week. Be so, in, we'll all be in the doldrums. Yeah. No apps. None, none of us will get any notification. <laughs> none of us. This podcast has released. Yeah. Or <laughs> hey, I say this is a this is a challenge for all of us. So this is our accountability. I like that. This is our accountability for it. So we'll all implement this. Who whoever is listening. We'll have to like sync up our screen time apps and we'll have battles of who can have the the least yes. screen time every week. That's what we need. We need an accountability group. The mm -hmm. gratitude, accountability, productive, productivity, accountability group. <laughs> I like it. That was really awesome. So first semester PT school compared to now, what is different for you? The biggest thing that comes to mind um, when you ask me that is just taking the time off. Um, previously, I would, like I, you know, like I mentioned, I would just be too stressed out to take any time off. Mm -hmm. And you're sitting there, even if you're not being productive, you're sitting there on your computer, miserable, trying to study. And it's just, you're getting nothing out of it when you could at least get some enjoyment out of life if you went outside and went for a walk or something like that. So off the top, I mean, that's just the biggest thing is I am taking more time to myself and I'm reaching a greater level of acceptance. Whereas in the first term, you know, you're gung ho, ready to get your straight A's. And that's all you want is get those straight A's and do excellent. And by God, you should get straight A's because this is your job. I mean, this is what you're doing and you should get straight A's, but then you realize, and this is where I'm at now, that it's school. And this is exactly, this is not real life at all. This isn't even treating patients. I mean, this is just, Hey buddy, we crammed this amount of information into four weeks, spit it out for us or something like, it's like, all right, well, this is not real life. This is not like treating a patient. This is none of that. So this, these grades, me getting a B, C or an A has nothing, doesn't reflect even my knowledge because that's not how I'm going to be when I'm, when I'm with a patient. I mean, that's a real life scenario versus me trying to choose between these four answers on a piece of paper. So accepting that this is my education, they're throwing as much information at me as possible. And it's my ability or it's my job to get as much of the information into my head as possible and use it the best I can. But it doesn't matter if I get a C. It doesn't matter. Like I'm still going to be a physical therapist and it doesn't even mean I'm stupid that I got to see. It just means I got to see in this cardio poem class, like who cares? It really doesn't matter. So realizing that has helped me a ton because I would be super stressed out about this grade or that grade and wanting to do my best because I expect myself to do a certain level. This is my job. Like I mentioned, but at the end of the day, this is not real life. This is in no way, shape, or form at all like real life. I mean, we, our job is to go sit and listen to someone talk to us for four to eight hours a day. 
Like that is not a job. That is not real life. That is not being productive to the world. Nothing. So accepting that this is just what it is. And this is just a challenge for me to get through. And it's my job to take this opportunity to learn as much as possible and develop myself into the best professional that I can be and learn how to handle maximum amount of stress. Because if I want to open up my own clinic, I'm certainly going to be dealing with stress. So I better learn how to handle all these things and be able to find moments of enjoyment or peace in the hectic grad school that it is. I mean, cause you, I think one of the questions you guys asked each other may have been in the first podcast was when have you felt like you could actually take a break? And the answer is never. I mean, you have to just make that decision. That's like, all right, well on Friday, I'm not doing anything, but I definitely know that I have a thousand things coming down the pipeline that are due in December that if I don't pass them, I am not going on internship in January. And so accepting that level of stress, but also knowing that, dude, you got here, like you got this. Every time I've been doubting myself this whole time, all through first term, second term, third term, and I still haven't flunked out. So I, I can do it. Like it's not something I can't do, which I know we all get in our own heads. In the first term, I definitely thought I was like the stupidest person in the world. I mean, I thought, I don't know how the hell they messed up to let me in here because they obviously did not check that like I am not the right person to be in here. I am Dolus Cran in this box. And you go through and find out that you're not. And that just helps, helps you just have a little bit more of acceptance of yourself. You are going to try hard. You will work hard. You have to do what's necessary and you will do what's necessary and just find comfort in knowing who you are and that you will work that hard. So that's the biggest change is what I've done personally and how I've reacted to school, honestly. I think that's so important for people to hear because <laughs> Gabby and I are both first years. And yes. And I think that's a, that's a big thing, especially with being a graduate student. And I know, you know, everybody, especially first term, first semester, we all go through that competitiveness within ourselves and kind of doubts like, am I here for a reason? I'm doing all mm -hmm. this work, but yeah. sometimes you don't get the outcome that you want. And then you start doubting yourself and think, am I supposed to be here? Like, mm -hmm. is everybody else feeling like this? And I think shifting your mindset and just accepting that it's not about the grades. It's how you're going to be with your patients. And yes, you're learning the material, but at the end of the day, like you said, a C is not going to be important once you're in the clinic. No one's going to want to know your grades. Yeah. Yeah. It's how you present yourself and how you, how you treat your patient, how you interact with them. That's going to be the most important thing. Yeah. And real learning is going to come, you know, it's happening now. We're definitely learning a ton through school, but as far as it's sticking and real clinical pearls coming out, that just happens in practice. And I mean, I got to see that firsthand as a personal trainer because I, you know, I had a whole exercise science undergrad. I had four years of exercise science. And still, you don't feel like you know things until you actually do them with someone and you make a difference and you go, oh, that's why this worked because of reciprocal inhibition or whatever. And you're like, okay. So then that's, these things start to stick. That's kind of what I was talking about where I have that client now who has the, the advanced dementia and he has the TBIs where it's like, oh, finally, neuromuscular's making some sort of sense. And it's going to take clinical rotations and time until all this is, is really sticking in your head. So just take it for, for what it is. You know, this is just, they've set these hoops in front of us. So we have to jump through them to get to a certain point that we want to get through. But along the way, we get a few things for jumping through the hoops 
And after that, we're free reign to create our own hoops and set the goals and all that sort of stuff. So just keeping your eye on the prize there. Yeah, so important. Okay, this is off topic, but enjoying the journey, getting through grad school, you've got to enjoy it. You can't just hate your life and say, oh, I'll be happy when. And that's just the worst thing you could ever say. Yeah, and I'm, I'm real bad at that. I'm like one of the prime examples of that. And I think that's why I feel a little bit happier now is just by forced myself to, to take the time and to find a certain level of acceptance within myself that, you know, man, I've been like I am for a while. Like I'm going to try hard. I'm going to study hard. No matter how many times I think I'm going to fail, I'm going to get a 77 at the lowest or something like that. Like I'll squeak out of there if, if nothing else. So just having faith in myself, um, which I think we all need and grad school does kind of help build that because it is such a pressure cooker that the faith in myself has been what's, what's grown the most over the course of being in PT school one year. I think that's huge for all of us. That's kind of been something I've been dealing with and trying to, I'm, I've always been one to just like keep going nonstop studying, not taking, not taking any Mm -hmm. breaks. And I did that first semester and then I found myself doing a little better second semester, but still I have those times where I'm just like, oh no, I got to keep going. And then I don't take time to enjoy just what's, you know, just taking breaks and what's around me. But I think what you hit on was so important and something we all have to really consider and take the time to enjoy life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's tough and grad school or PT school or just any grad school. It really is because you are, there's a thousand things hovering over your head at all times that you could be doing or that you should be doing. But at a certain point, uh, you know, it's kind of like putting the mask on you first before you put it on your child on the airplane. You have to take care of a certain amount of things for you to be productive in your life. And so that starts, that starts with you over the weekend, starts with you waking up and getting a good workout in proper nutrition, taking care of yourself, taking a break when you finally can um, and just accepting that you can't necessarily do everything and that a B or a C is fine it really is it does not matter at this stage I mean it really doesn't and I mean I I learned that lesson because I would study so hard but I'd always get a B and it was like so frustrating to me and I would study my my butt off and then I stopped studying my butt off as hard and guess what I got a B so it's like, okay, well, no, if I stress out about it a lot, I just make my life miserable. Where if I just stress out, out about it a little bit less, I have the same outcome with just a little less stress. So that sounds like a better situation. Yes, agreed, for sure. Yeah. So I'll say this, there is no award for suffering in PT school or throughout anything. There's only an award for being a certain level of success. And it's not how much you can suffer, but it's how successful you can be. And so one question that I've been asking myself for the last year or two that has completely changed my life is just what would this look like if it was easy? So take that, what would this look like if it was easy question and plug it into everything? What would this look like if it was easy for me to get this project done? Well, then it becomes a series of A plus B plus C plus D, and then it equals all these steps and you're good to go. Or what would this look like if it was easy for me to feel less financial stress? I would go out, I would get two clients at $50 an hour. I train them both twice a week. I'd make $800 a month. I'd be able to pay my rent. That simple. A plus B equals C, that sort of thing. What would this look like if it was easy? And that truly the biggest difference maker as far as making this a manageable process. Cause you, I mean, you, 
take when you learn the brachial plexus. The first time you see it and they draw it out, you're like, okay, <laughs> yeah, sure, I'll learn how to draw that never. Like, are you kidding me? How do, how do you know any of that? But then once you break it down or what would this look like if it was easy? Well, I would try and draw it every single day. And every single day I drew it, I would look back at the correct one and fill out where I messed up with a red pen. And that's what it would look like if it was easy to learn this. Like, I would just do it. And so doing that or asking yourself that can really help change your, your mind frame. Yeah, breaking things into chunks. That's the way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, those are all the questions we have for you, yeah. Do you have any questions for us? Do I have any questions for you guys? What are your guys' productivity things that I didn't mention so I can start doing them? Oh, man. I, I haven't been doing it this semester, but I did last semester, and I used the Pomodoro effect or Pomodoro technique. So it's 25 minutes just focus, no social media, just focusing on what you're doing. And then you, I usually would take a five minute break or less. So three to five minutes and then just keep doing that. And I found myself more focused, um, especially for me who would just spend two hours studying something without a break. And I needed something um, to split that time. But I tried that and it seemed to work really well. And yeah, that would probably be one of my productivity. So, so it's a technique where you just, just break up studying and you mm-hmm. just take short breaks intermittently. It's kind of like yeah. a hit workout of studying almost. Pretty much. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's a great way to word you, it. You like, like that one, Sarah, huh? <laughs> I do. <laughs> how, about, how about you? So I do like the Pomodoro method. I have used it, but I don't stick to the times per se. It's just kind of more general because Pomodoro is specifically like, you know, 25 minutes on. It's literally like a hit workout for study. And it's a certain time frame. Okay. And I do a little more general chunking, but I also, I love my bullet journal. I've been doing it for like two years now and I have been living by that. And now I've been incorporating Trello. I know Greg Todd kind of introduced us to that. I actually really liked it for the group aspect to have like you know, I have a board for my, for, or a board for the podcast, a board for personal training, because I do personal training as well, uh, awesome. but I do it online, and a board for, like, triathlon club stuff, because I lead the triathlon club here, and, like, all these different boards, so I can track things and have tasks for other people to also yeah. collaborate on. So, those yeah. are the two things I use. What's, can you tell me a little bit about the bullet journal? Yeah, the bullet journal. So this is my like 2018 one. You don't have to get this exact one, but this is the official one where it has like, uh, it's a tiny, tiny book so you could take it anywhere. But you have a monthly blog, you have a little index and you have like a monthly, a yearly and a daily. So I have the year at the beginning. I just set it up on New Year's Day and I have like birthdays and important events and stuff throughout the whole year. And then I have the monthly ones and then the daily ones. And I put like different sections in the back, like books to read or podcasts to listen to or goals for the year. And I will show you my goals for this year were quite unique because I didn't think I would be in grad school. So I have right in the middle there, (laughs) be ACSN CEP certified or go to PT school. And I did both within two days of each other. Ball in. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. I think that, I mean, we should say on this podcast for sure, you have to write your goals down. You have to have a way to track this. And 
I, I had always written goals down, whether it be for a year, but I'd never, or for a year, but I've never got gotten longer until before I went to PT school, actually taken Greg Todd's SSPT courses, you know, one of the units you have to set goals for mm-hmm. three, five and 10 years, I think it was. Mm-hmm. It was so yep. doing that is, is huge because one, you can't score without goals. We've all heard that nice cliche. So it gives you a target. And then it makes those targets easier with the question of what would this look like if it was easy? So what would it look like if it was easy for me to get two personal training clients? Well, I'd go to every single door in my apartment complex and put up a flyer that they have a personal trainer who lives here or something like that. And having those goals, when you're getting kind of down in the dumps or you're in that grind of, of being in grad school and you can pull out that goal sheet and not look at your future goals, but go and look back at the ones that you've actually already freaking accomplished. That's what is great for me to see. When I see them, I'm like, dude, I, I did that. Like, I just kind of wrote that there flimsy, like, ah, oh, maybe one day. <laughs> great. I, I sure hope to be a thousand pounds and pure muscle or whatever. <laughs> and, and to go back and see some of these things and been like, dude, in two or three years, like I did all these things and I accomplished what I set out to accomplish. And then if I just keep on the track that I'm on and that again speaks to just being more self-aware and just accepting of yourself, knowing that if I just keep doing what I'm doing, I will eventually become who I want to become or be what I want to be by just following suit because I can see that in my goals over the course of, well, last year I did everything I wanted to do. And then in three years and I look at those three year goals and I'm like halfway, halfway towards them. And so it's huge for just creating kind of like your buy-in for yourself, like you would a patient. Yeah. And having things to kind of reverse engineer your goals, because I do the same thing. You know, my last bullet journal in the back, I had um, something like finish USAT collegiate nationals uh, for a triathlon for the last time, because I didn't think I'd be in PT school. And now I can say for next year, go to USAT Collegiate Nationals because I'm a grad student and I can do that again. And I think that's so exciting yeah. to like just have the opportunity to do things that you had hoped, like maybe in the past you thought you might do, but didn't really believe you would and then have yeah. the chance to do it. Yeah. And to see, I mean, just how excited you got talking about it. Just show, I mean, that's, you need those things in your life in grad school. Cause it is easy to just be like, man, this, this kind of sucks. Cause it, I mean, it's not fun. All you're doing is sitting there and studying. That's what you, we do. We sit and we study and it's not the most fun or the most active and we're active people. So, I, you know, having those things to look forward to or strive for is just huge for, for keeping you going. Yeah. And do you, I love doing this. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I, I personally like doing it too. And I think we're all kind of type A. I think a lot of PTs oh, yes. end up being <laughs> like that. So it must be common. Uh, but I do want to know about your, you train clients online. Yeah. So how'd you get started, start doing that? And all, yeah, take me through that. Take you through that. Yeah. So I'm actually in, I've been doing online flute. So I, I teach flute, flute lessons. Wow. Okay. Awesome. I've been doing that since 2015, pretty much all through undergrad. I worked a lot in undergrad. I probably shouldn't have, but I worked three jobs <laughs> in undergrad and mm-hmm. didn't end up with any student loans. And that was my goal. I can't do that in grad school, unfortunately. So I added personal training clients through the site I was doing, Flute Lessons, and it's called takelessons.com. Oh, okay. I've heard of that. 
And you don't have to use that by any means, but they mark it for you, which is super nice. I don't care if they take 10% of my, you know, whatever people are paying me, if they get me 20% more clients. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So that's what I've been doing it through. I actually have my account closed for now for new students because I just can't do anymore. I'm going to have to start doing, because they were live half hour sessions or half hour to an hour sessions at like, you know, $40 an hour. I get 90% of it and they just buy it monthly just a Mm -hmm. monthly recurring payment. But what I want to do is training. So I have the program sent to them with individual exercises and I'm working on that for the winter. So we'll see. Nice. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think, you know, back on kind of what we've been talking about is it is important to chunk things and do things in burst of activity. Like it drives me insane when like I meet with a group or something like that and we don't get it done. Like we just meet or something like yeah. that it just it kills me yeah. like doing burst of activity uh when you have the opportunity to so like i write all, and i'm sure you guys do this with the podcast but it's like so i write all my programs for my clients most of the time while i'm watching the steelers game on sunday or like while i'm watching the auburn mm-hmm. game on saturday i'm going to upload all the podcasts for november or something like that so really doing all these things and making them more manageable is super important because mm-hmm. if not you guys are well aware, I'm sure. You don't want to be in the middle of midterms having to upload the podcast that comes out that week. So it's, <laughs> yeah. So chunking all of that is super important. And that's, I know you, you alluded to it and you guys get these questions of like, well, why did you start doing this? Or are you making any money from the podcast or this or that? And it's like, it's, it's just a little bit of discipline. I do my podcast every morning at 9.30 or at 9 a.m. on Saturday. Every single morning, 9 a.m. on Saturday, we record the podcast. And then one Saturday out of the month, I sit there, I type up all the little things for it. I make all the little Canva images and I upload it all. And then I don't deal with it ever again until next month. And that's the only way to make this manageable. So I'm sure you guys have a similar situation with with your podcast. Mm Mm-hmm. Like you said, we're chunking these out. We're recording them all this week and last week because yes. we're not going to handle this during finals. Right. Exactly. And that's how you have to do it. Yeah. 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 And we just, switch off with editing too. So. Oh, that's um, great. Yeah. So so, yeah. And then I had last <laughs> week. And so, yeah. So it's good though, because we, we both have busy schedules, but we do try and, you know, balance it. And I, for me, it's just a, it's a good break because then I get to listen back and go back to the episode and not think about like studying for an hour. And it's just, it's good for me, my mental health. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you get to rehear the lessons that you should remember from the episode and all that. Yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. And I know this one's kind of long. I <laughs> thank you for taking time out of your busy yes. day to like no. come on for an hour. I know this Very is- happy to be here. Thank you. Well, thank, thank you guys for having me on. I really do appreciate it. It was an awesome time being here. So or to for listen sure. to all the ones in the future. Yes, and same for your podcast. I know, that will be, I'm going to listen to it on my way home. I'm trying to decide if I want to stay, actually, no, I'm going to go home, eat some dinner, and then get back to it. (laughs) (laughs) Only talk to Pal. Take Take a break. Your mental health. Take a break. Yes, exactly. So, it'll be good. I'm excited to hear your podcast. I'm looking forward to it. Well, thank you guys. And like I said, I look forward to appreciate grad students oh, yeah. home and somewhere where they can kind of empathize with someone Definitely, I think it's appreciated by me as a grad student so you're yeah. doing, doing what you should out there so thank you oh you're thank welcome you. 
Thanks for listening to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. If you like our show and want to know more, check out our Instagram and Facebook page linked in the description.